Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope You Hear This podcast. And today, I hope aspiring creatives hear this. Hey guys, uh, welcome to the 50th episode of the I Hope You Hear This podcast. So this mm. is a, it's a commemorative uh, episode. Um, mm. And we have a very special guest with us today, Mr. John Jules, uh, the futuristic vintage uh, <laughs> uh co-founder of watts media mm. uh song thank you so much for being here thank you for having me david uh, you know um and, and that's a very long intro because i feel like you're a man of many talents and uh, a man who does many things um so c- before we even get into any conversation can you kind of just catalog for us all the things that you do um right now i I guess you could say I create digital marketing assets for businesses. Oh, okay. So content, photo, video, copy, mm. uh, social media strategy. Um, those are like the main. Um, those are like the main uh, like areas of expertise. So is it like if people or companies have a desire to be more, I guess, have a larger digital footprint in terms of like social media and things yes. like that, they come to you. Mm-hmm. And so do you just handle everything for them or do you just make like, I don't know, templates for them that they can use or do you kind of just take over as kind of their marketing arm? There are some clients I have where we take over as like their marketing arm. Mm there are some clients that I have where it's like a one and done. They just need a video or they need a photo shoot done. Oh. Um, and I don't know what that's going to look like in 10 years for me, Hmm. but, um, it's something that I do because, um, it helps pay the bills. Mm. And this is all through the, the, your, your company, right? Watts Watts, Media. Yeah. And what does Watts stand for? Watts is an acronym for we are the songs. It's Mm. a company that Jennifer and I started together. My Mm. wife, Jennifer, okay. Who is a very talented singer. Very talented. Very talented. I mean, I would almost say celebrity. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, you know, and to, to some standards, she definitely has a lot of, um, followers and Mm. supporters. Mm -hmm. Um, and she was an early adopter of YouTube, mm. which is what helped jumpstart her career. And she's a phenomenal singer, oh, vocalist. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And she's an amazing songwriter. Mm. And now she is, um, she runs the business with me and she's working on her acting career here in Atlanta. Oh, wow. Cool, cool. So yeah. it, for the Watts Media, um, I, I know Jennifer is a, is a great singer, but in terms of the actual operations of the company, mm-hmm. like how do you guys divide your, your duties? She is... Um, I would say the face of the company in a lot of ways. Mm. She is all about client relations. Mm. She's good with our clients. She is the bright face that keeps our clients happy. (laughs) Uh Um, And she's our social media strategist. Gotcha. And Mm. she's our um, copywriter. Oh, wow. Yeah, so she handles a lot of the text. Um, my role is more of a creative director. Mm. I handle content creation, mm. um, design, and overall direction of the um, of the things that 
our clients ask for and create. So, so when you do, for example, like a video shoot, mm-hmm. do you just go in and take video for the clients who already have an idea of what they want? Mm-hmm. Or do you also kind of step into the director role and like create the video or, or the imaging or the storyline or whatever? I do all of it. Um, there are some, a lot, there's an aspect of what I do um, outside of the company still. Mm-hmm. It's called day playing. Um, and what a day player is, is somebody that jumps on different sets with different crews and fulfills a specific position. So, um, sometimes I'll day play for another crew and I'll be a camera operator. Um, sometimes I'll day play for another crew and, um, I'll be a grip or a gaffer, which is somebody that handles the lighting and like electricity for Mm. the set. Um, most of my day playing these days has been in photo assisting for photographers. Okay. It's, um, I, I love photography. This photography is probably my, um, like my most, uh, genuine passion in life right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Outside of music. I love photography. Mm. And, um, I came in this game as a filmmaker, Mm. I guess you can say back in 2011, I picked up a camera and I started shooting, youtube-esque style cover videos for mm-hmm. um my then boss's clients who were all singers okay and then then i started shooting like hood like rap videos like and then i would it'd be like i charge like 300 bucks and then i'd shoot the video go to like their neighborhood shoot the video mm-hmm. and then i'd edit it and i thought i was amazing mm-hmm. you know because like the goal the original goal was to try to do something in the music industry but then once i picked up a camera i discovered that um i guess there was like a natural lane for me to take because Mm. um on the back end side the editing is very similar to the software is very similar to music software except there's a video element wow everything's on separate tracks Mm -hmm. um editing kind of handles the same and you know so uh I took a natural taking to video editing and discovered that I picked up on it pretty naturally. It just like kind of like flew, flowed right into it. Mm. Wow. And then I started and then, yeah. And then I started getting into photography just maybe two years ago and I fell in love with photography. Wow. So you did video first and then went into photography? Yes. Does does that happen like that typically? I I always would assume it was the reverse. It is usually the other way around Uh but um yeah i think jen talks about that a lot too she Mm -hmm. says that it's interesting that i went motion first and then i went into stills after right right oh cool so because right now basically what you do in life is either things that you like or things that you started to to pay the bills right right and for me that's kind of like my dream um to be able to do something Mm -hmm. um where like i don't have to work for someone else or Right. I can I can make a living uh, from doing things that I like, right? So right. I kind of want to just kind of trace your life uh, okay. from the beginning of when you found like your first passion, okay. which I'm assuming is is rap, is music. Um, my first passion was drawing. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. I wanted to be an illustrator when I was a child. Okay, then yeah, let's yeah. kind of just take a journey and then kind of see what did you do to get to where you are. Okay, so that people who want to do the same can have kind of a kind of a template, you know, kind of yeah. a, a guideline to, to how it's done. So mm-hmm. drawing, I, I had no idea. Yeah. So, um, my parents immigrated here in 1976. 
Um, my dad had an engineering degree from a college in Korea. I don't know okay. where. He came to this country because everything in Korea was going down the toilet, I guess. Like everybody needed to leave. Right. Um, <laughs> my dad was working at a factory and then he interned at an art gallery. So my dad learned the art business when he got to America. Um, no, they came, they, my parents came here in 74. My dad started his first art business in a flea market in 1976. Oh, wow. Wow. And then it went from a flea market to um, having a store inside of a shopping center in Sakasana, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so that's where I think my passion for art started Mm. um i love to draw because Mm. when i would spend time at the shop like most um immigrant parents their children were spending a lot of time at the business back when you know we were kids because we didn't have a choice so um there's a lot of art supplies Mm. around so i would start drawing um a lot of early drawing inspirations was like dragon ball sonic the hedgehog (laughs) um I would draw ninjas and like mm-hmm. battle scenes and stuff like that. And then, um, and then I started doing like shading and started understanding like gradients and all of that. And then, um, and then I picked up a trumpet in fourth grade mm-hmm. and naturally when I played in school, I didn't practice that much, but I always got first chair mm-hmm. in like band and like, it was just easy to me. So like, you kind of just had that it had, music I, naturally. I guess so, yeah. It was like a natural... Um, I, I took piano lessons as a child, and then, um, but I didn't really like the piano, but I liked the horn. Hmm. It was like... A, I guess it fit my personality back then. I was a very obstructive, like um, loud mm. child in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. So I picked up the horn. Um, it was just like this natural talent that I have. I didn't really practice much, mm. you know um always ranked first or second chair you know and then so um with your dad having started the art gallery mm-hmm. and stuff is that is that actually why your your mom still your mother still does the she framing still runs business, the gallery right? yeah it's incoming wow, wow, yeah. wow okay it's right up it's like um seven miles from here oh wow on, on 141 yeah i, I remember yeah. um wasn't one of her locations next to that kroger down pib yeah yeah, the, the songs frames. Yeah, songs fine art. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, songs fine art. Yeah, yeah. McGinnis Ferry one forty one. Yeah, right we there. had that shop from like ninety five to oh eight. Wow, you know they didn't change the sign for the longest time. I think it's I think it's like a completely different store now. But yeah, it's a bird. It's a birdhouse store. Right. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, my mom sold that business right before the crash. Wow. So we got lucky. Wow. Yeah. Lucky. And then my dad passed away in ninety five. Mm. So. Pretty much the year that we moved here, he set up the shop. He passed away. My mom and then my uncle, my Imobu, mm. um, took my dad's place in the business. My mom ran that business for 13 years. Wow. She retired for three months and then opened another shop and coming. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. I don't think our parents are built to retire. They, they always not. need to be doing something. At yeah. least my mom isn't. She <laughs> is. She retired and then she went to Korea to see her family, her mm. her younger her younger brother, and then he was like. If you stop working now, then you'll probably pass away in 10 years because you'll have nothing to do. Mm. So then she came back. Wow, wow. Took all the money that she saved up for her retirement and reinvested it back into another business. Wow. And it's incoming now. It's incoming. Cool, cool. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So um, now going back to like your your story, mm-hmm. um, you so a, as you were getting into trumpets, did you kind of continue to refine and hone into your musical like, skills and like figuring out identifying what you liked and things like that? Um, I would say my first like fandom mm-hmm. of music was uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman. Oh, interesting. Yeah, mm. I really loved his music. And it was encouraged by my parents for me to listen to his music. And right. I remember that I would watch his like live concert tape pretty often. Mm. Um, and He's a Christian artist, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He had this song called The Great Adventure back in the day. And mm. it was like my favorite song. But like looking back, it was a country song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think his son is like a singer too. He like does Colony House or something. Oh. Huh. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was Stephen Curtis Chapman. And then... Um, shortly after that, I discovered alternative rock Mm. and then the first, technically the first CD that I ever bought was Nirvana. Wow. Yeah. Unplugged in New York. I think that released in like 93 or something. Mm. And then trumpet was like something that was always there. I joined the jazz band in middle school. Um, loved it. Mm. And then I started getting exposed to like jazz music, uh, Miles Davis and Dizzy Gillespie. Hmm. Um, my band teacher in middle school, Mr. Wamsley, was pretty cool dude. Hmm. Um, and we would play a lot of different music. Like I remember we would get booked to like play at different gigs all over town, whether oh, it'd be wow. like galas or stuff. And then like we would go out. So like I understood like what gigging felt like and all of that. And then, um, yeah, and then. I started ninth grade, turned into like a fake little Asian thug and like <laughs> rebelled against everything. And uh-huh. I stopped playing trumpet in 10th grade. And then throughout high school, um, oh, before all of that, uh-huh. in seventh grade, I remember um, I started a rap group called Mad Skills. Oh, okay. Um, and that skills with a Z. Oh, so right, it was like right. stupid. <laughs> um, and that was like, me and a few other friends um but w- i cheated because i used to take like um raps from other rappers mm, right. and then i would rap them claiming that they were mine <laughs> uh-huh. and then somebody called me out and oh. said like i've heard that before and then that's when i stopped and then that was like seventh grade so um, that's when you stopped the the mad skills group. yeah i stopped i just kind of like stop talking about it uh-huh. and stop pushing myself like i remember i used to like draw myself with like mad skills gear <laughs> in like class wow and then um yeah that was like seventh grade i remember that and then high school was just um shooting pool illegal drinking and partying and then uh freshman year at georgia state um my friend who went to Georgia Tech mm-hmm. um, was able to get his hands on this computer software called Fruity Loops. Um, I think Tech has like this P2P network where you can like share movies and music and files. Like at least this was the case back in 2002. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is the case now, but he found uh, this music software called Fruity Loops. Mm. And then it was a like music making software. Right, right. I've never seen anything like it before. 
I thought music was made on like, you know, very large synthesizers and beat uh. machines and, you know, stuff like that and like big studios. But like this had everything inside of just like a laptop. Mm. So he gave me the software and then we started me and I would say two other friends that were in our crew mm-hmm. um, started making beats. Wow. And then we started freestyling and that was freshman year. So 2002. Wow. And then that continued on till about 2006. And then um, all of us kind of like parted and went our separate ways. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I started another group. My first rap group was called Kamikaze. Mm. It was like just a bunch of Asian dudes. And we recorded songs. Like I remember I went to Guitar Center, bought a lot of gear, mm-hmm. uh, started my own studio in my apartment. Oh, that's so cool. Um, and we would just like, you know, get inebriated and make music, <laughs> which was, you know, just the way things were back uh-huh. then. And then, um, yeah, and then we all kind of went our separate ways. Um, at, at this time, were you like going around doing shows and stuff? No, not really. It not- was more of just like a social gathering. Mm-hmm. Like some people would get together and play board games some people would get together maybe watch movies some people would get together and you know maybe play sports like me and my buddies we would get together and like make music Mm. that was our thing but we didn't really take it serious enough to where we were thinking about how to monetize off of what we were doing it Mm. was just more of like a fun thing right because you enjoyed it and Mm -hmm. it's like you you guys have that shared interest so yes yeah yeah so it was like um I traded up like Friday night Bible study for like Friday night <laughs> gatherings at the studio. Mm. Yeah, it was, um, but it was, it was, it was, uh, it was fun. Mm. I didn't, I don't think I really learned anything until I actually started taking it more seriously. And mm. this is like fast forward to like 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when I got an internship at a recording studio. Okay and like off like Howell Mill mm-hmm. it was uh it's the studio that's known for um like helping discover Justin Bieber oh wow yeah and I interned there for like nine months so I learned the music industry the real music industry like mm-hmm. um because back then it was just like oh yeah I'm gonna put my song on MySpace and like just right. share it with my friends but actually like I understood what like you know splits were and how songs really get created, the business side of how music gets handled and labels and all the drama that comes with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that that was when I really learned about how the business side of music actually works, and that was in 2011, wow. which is the same year that actually no, I I started I started interning there in 2009. And then I became a manager of the studio in 2010. Oh, wow. Of, of that studio? Yeah. Uh-huh. And wow. then, um, yeah, and then I, ma- I managed that studio for two years. So what did managing a studio entail? Um, I was in charge of the intern staff. Mm-hmm. Um, I handled bookings. And, um, so bookings, is that like other people want to come and court their stuff? Yeah. So okay. we get a phone call or the, a label calls us and they say, um, we have music soul child coming in and he wants to book five days in room B. So oh. I would 
make sure that our calendar was always on point, like right. on top of everything. Right. Um, and then I learned how to properly audio engineer and mm. become like a actual like Pro Tools operator. Mm. Pro Tools is the software that a lot of big studios use okay. to make music. Oh, cool. And that was in, that started in like 2009. Mm. And then that's when my eyes really opened to like, okay, like people actually make careers out of this mm. and everybody here is happy. Not not everybody there is like good people, but everybody was happy and doing what they were passionate about. Right, right. And like I was really attracted to that. Mm. Yeah. And then that was an amazing time in my life. Got to learn so much. Got to meet so many different people. Mm. Um, got to learn so much about the way the world works on the music side. Mm. And then in 2011, um, I had my boss, he was managing an artist who was on season three of The Voice, and um, she was from Texas, mm. um, phenomenal singer to this day. Um, she wanted to break into the YouTube space, and she asked me for her help. Mm -hmm. So I got my hands on this like junky Nikon D5300, that only shot like 720p mm. video. Uh -huh. So I found, I got my hands on that camera and just started shooting her cover video. She would cover songs like Adele songs and anything that was popular on the charts, like she would cover it. And then um, that turned into me buying a Canon T3i mm. off of Craigslist for like $400. So wow. I, bought, I finally bought my own camera. And then like the early stages of the futuristic vintage it was a production company oh yeah so it was a video production company i would shoot videos for her a lot of different artists mm -hmm. and then i'd shoot like rap videos and then so like as i was managing the studio i had my side hustle going on with like video production oh and can i ask you about the name futuristic vintage yeah i think it's so cool because it's it's kind of a it's kind of contradictory. It's like an oxymoron, right? Yeah. Futuristic, yeah. vintage, mm -hmm. implying. So, how, how did you come come up with that name, and what were you hoping to like portray? I think name? okay. So, um, anything that involves creativity, anything that involves art, um, I believe we're at a point in human existence where nothing is brand new. Uh. Um, I believe that we're just going to continue to roll in this cycle, mm. and like. Even for us as human beings, we pull so much inspiration from our past. Mm -hmm. So like the futuristic vintage is a um, ideology or a state of mind in your, creative, in your creative process where you pull something from your past that um, brought you joy or mm -hmm. inspired you. You put your own twist on it and then you send it into the future. Wow. Oh, that's so cool. So that's like kind of, it's like the mantra for my creative journey because mm -hmm. like I always am inspired by things that I see. Um, I get more inspired from like watching a YouTube video of a James Brown like performance than mm -hmm. I do seeing stuff that's happening right now on mm -hmm. television. So I'm always pulling inspiration and it happens in fashion too. Like, you know, in the 1990s, the grunge style was like flannels and like ripped jeans. And now we're like back in that. Right. Right. 
So what's going to happen next? And it's just going to be this constant regurgitation of things that we've seen in the past. Mm-hmm. The same way that like Tommy Hilfiger and Polo some and Nautica like somehow managed to make mm-hmm. it back into the clothing racks of, yeah. you know. Like um, Champion. Like I remember Champion was dead for a while. And Champion was yeah. dead and then it came back, um, you know. So it's just like, you know, I believe that everybody has the same creative process in a lot of ways. Mm. And that's like, the message and I guess it's going to be um, the mantra for the rest of my life. If mm-hmm. I continue to do creative work, I'm always going to push this ideology of believing that there's nothing new under the sun and everything that we're creating is something that was inspired by what we felt mm. in the past and we're only just taking what we learned and just bringing it into the future. Mm, the future is vintage. Wow. And I love like vintage cars um i'm a huge uh like japanese import oh yeah yeah person so like that's like all of that is some way like something inspired from the past and then you put your own twist on it and then send it into the future mm. like modding cars um clothing love thrifting you know yeah just i feel like everything in my life is kind of got that same uh, thing wrapped around mm. and it's just you know i got it ta- i got the logo tattooed on my head so. oh we can't see it yeah it's on there oh wow yeah. i should have noticed that earlier but yeah. oh cool cool so then the, so futuristic vintage it started off as kind of a video production brand yeah. mm-hmm. uh, did you do any sort of music production in there as well because um, I, I always thought that like the futuristic vintage was kind of your persona um, yeah in, in in your rapping and mm-hmm. music production space? I think it's the one thing that's always been consistent. So I guess at first, when I first started it, I wanted it to be a company. Mm. And then when I married Jen, I wanted that to be our music label. Mm. And then now I realize that there's so much turmoil that exists inside of me when I try to separate myself and the brand. So I... And then I think it was the beginning of 2000, was it the beginning of 2019? I decided to just make the brand and me one single entity mm. because Watts was taking off. Right. Um, so I had my own business that I needed to manage. Mm. And then I didn't want to be like Jules and then have this other, the futuristic vintage. So it was like, it's too much. It's like I felt like I was having split personalities. So right. I decided to just merge the futuristic vintage and myself into one single entity. And it, it makes sense for me because, like, it is who I am. And it's it's like the uh, the rules that I live by in my own creative process. Mm. So, yeah. so the, can I ask you about the name Jules? Because mm-hmm. um, actually one of my favorite songs that you've made that I still actually listen to now mm-hmm. um, is from your album. The cover is you sitting on like a cloud. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking? Yeah. yeah. And, that and, was called Job. Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and but you went by Jules back then, mm-hmm. and I think the song was a uh, was it Sleepless? I forget the I forget Sleep the, Deprivation. Sleep Deprivation. Yeah. 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 I still listen to that that's to this song. day. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. But yeah. yeah. So what was uh? Because Jules, where did they, where did you get that name? Um, um, my first rap name was actually Slanted Shady. Oh, because okay. I was a huge Eminem fan. Right. Um, 
that was a terrible name. <laughs> I used to bleach my hair and wear sweatpants and hoodies all the time wow. and like try to act like I was Eminem. <laughs> Shout out to Eminem. Yeah. He's a very big inspiration in my life. Um, still love his music. Mm. But Jules came from... So there was a point in time when we would freestyle. I always try to like freestyle stories and it'd mm. be like story time. I'm a huge science fiction nerd. Mm. And um, so Jules Verne was like the first science fiction author. So I have curly hair as a Asian male, which is very rare. Mm. And so when I grow my hair out long, it starts to like fro out and look like a perm. Mm. Um, so... As a joke, I started going by Jules Perm instead of Jules Verne. Oh. And then so like it turned into this like uh, kind of like comedic type of person mm. entity. And then um, and then it's like, you know, like the entendre of like a jewel being a unit of energy. I right. wanted to be a light in, you know, the music industry. So, um, you know, uh, that like goes back to my faith and all of that. Mm. And then so I eventually just dropped the perm thing and then just went by Jules and then that kind of stuck because um, I don't know, like having a name, it's just weird. Like I don't, I wish that there was a better story for me to tell about mm. why I chose that. But No, I think that's a great story. I think it's cool. I mean, yeah, I, I kind of like the ambiguity of whether or not it's like male or female. Mm. Um I'm very like gaudy. I love jewelry. So like jewels is like, it kind of just like, I guess it kind of fits like my personality, mm. um, you know, and um, it just, it just stuck around and, you know, Jen likes it. And I, if I could change my, I guess, name, mm -hmm. I don't even know what I would change it to. I, I've like, I've toyed around with new ideas for like names, like, mm. um, I think at one point I wanted to like change my name to framework. Um, mm. no, but you're, you're like jewels though. You're kind of known around here. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean yeah. like, I don't know if, if you're going to be too humble to admit this, but you're kind of like the, I would say like the godfather of the like, music production amongst like the Asian American community around here. Right. Um, and like, I, like with rapping and all that kind of stuff. Right. I, I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. Um, so it's, it would be weird to, for you to change your name now, right? Because you're, you're already so well known as Jules. Yeah. I mean, I guess like the first scare was like there was another Jules on Spotify. There's actually like three Jules oh, on Spotify. So I like, know what you mean. Because I would think, you know. Yeah, yeah. Whenever I search it, like I have yeah. to like scroll through and make sure. Yeah. I, I hate it because I listen to your songs mm -hmm. and then they'll play like someone, some other Jules's mm -hmm. song after. Yeah. And it's like, this isn't John Young. <laughs> We're trying to change that in 2020. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah. Hopefully um, the way that you do that, it's all algorithms and you just got to continue mm -hmm. to release music. So. I see. I see. And then it really depends on plays and um, people that follow you on all these platforms and all of that. But you know, one day hopefully it'll, those people will fizzle out. Cause I, I have plans on just making music for the rest of my life. Mm. And like, um, the past two years have been really me focusing on the business with the Watts business, a uh, commercial like video and photography side of my mm. life. Mm. And, um, I'm trying to make more strides now to, I guess reincorporate the music 
element of everything and then kind of push that into the future mm. you recently had a song out with your wife called yeah. sus sus yeah. Can, can you kind of talk about um that and what the inspiration behind that was um because that was actually of all the songs you released mm-hmm. wasn't that the first song actually i, I don't know if it's the first because I, I remember the last big release you had was the johnny p yeah, that um, was in that 2015. Was, right, that was several years ago. Yeah, and four years ago. I feel like I haven't seen, like, Broke. Actually, you were on Broke I was with on, your wife. I was on Broke with Jen. Yeah, that here was, and there, you have. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, whenever you uh, are featured, are you featured? Or are you, is it like a collaborative song? Like, how do you um, even kind of... I think with John, that was like my, um, I collaborated with a uh, producer. Mm-hmm. His name's Rourke Bailey. Mm-hmm. Um he actually started in this business as um, he worked for. He worked for the studio I was at. He okay. was my intern actually, and now, oh. and now he is um, <laughs> killing it. Mm. I just saw him today actually. I just I linked up with him today. We had lunch and took some photos. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, but he uh, he produced that whole project. That was John in 2015. Mm. I wrote the lyrics, set the tone for like what we were, what I was talking about. He made all the productions and the soundscape. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just kind of pushed that one out. Um, at the time I was working at an, I was working at the agency that I was at. So like I was so burnt out, I couldn't really push the music as, as much as I wanted to. Mm-hmm. So that project fizzled out, but I'm still, I still listen to it once in a while yeah. to this day. I think it's a good project. And then took a long hiatus of, from music because of like um it really has a lot to do with my energy level and like um the amount of the amount of energy i can put into it without completely driving myself crazy because mm. um when you're burning the candle on both ends right life gets really hard and then when you and your wife have similar interests and are so passionate about those things mm. it and then it turns into like a point of contention where mm. you fight about it mm. it it kind of like turns you off from it. So there was a long period where I felt like that I was never going to make music again. Mm. And then Jen did her album, uh, which was produced by Sam Ock. Mm -hmm. And then we did broke and broke was, I always tell this to Sam that broke was the song that gave me life. Wow. Yeah. It like, cause, um, it's a really great story about that song. We, uh, Jen, Jen went to Sam's place. This was when he was living in Norcross. Um, She went to his place and they concepted that song. Um, It's about the start of our marriage. Mm. And she said that she wanted me to feature on this one. And I said, okay. And then I've never like rapped on that tempo before, Mm. like kind of a slower tempo. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause my, my tempo is always a little bit, um, I guess like old school tempo, which is like 90 to 100 BPM. Okay. That song is at 115. So it's it, the tempo is at 115, but like in actuality, it's really like 58. The That's the BPM. So it's like a slower song. It's mm-hmm. harder to rap when the beat's slow because you can't rap slow. It sounds boring. So you got to kind of speed it up and make it interesting. Mm. So I wrote a verse to that song and I... I uh, wrapped it for Jen and she said, this is trash. You have to throw this, <laughs> you have to throw this verse away. Uh, and we got into like, probably got into a fight about it. Uh, and um, I was like really hurt. And then 
it was actually one of the first times that I actually prayed. And I was like, I asked God for wisdom and I asked God to help me with my creative process when it came to music. Because when it came to things that I would do for my job at the agency, video production, like I would ask God to like give me the energy and like the wit and the grit to be able to survive through any project. But like when it came to music, it was always such a selfish um selfish experience because I always felt like that music was something that belonged to me. Mm. But for the first time with that song, I actually gave myself to the Lord. And then I remember this was back when I used to smoke. Um, (laughs) I was sitting out on our porch and we were living in old fourth ward at the time. Mm. I was sitting out on the porch. I was um, smoking really stressed out because my wife, who I love dearly, asked me to rewrite a verse that I had already spent a lot of time writing. Mm. And then I remember I prayed while I was sitting on that porch and I asked God to just, I surrendered myself and I said, just please give me the words to match this song. Mm. And then I remember after doing that, 30 minutes I wrote that verse straight without rethinking anything it just came out oh wow so God gave me the inspiration to um to write that song and help Jen and it's the first time that I in my life as an artist where I perform that song and people actually rap the words back to me wow so like you know it's kind of like an affirming thing Mm. and that Broke was the song that really um, kind of kick-started my interest back into believing that music could also be an option mm. for my future. Oh, wow. So the time between Broke and Johnny P, was it like several years? That was 2000. Um, Broke was 2017. Oh, so like two years in between. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so it was like two years. And then um, Sus... Um, which came out like only like a few weeks ago, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sus, we've actually been Jen and I've been in the studio with Sam. Um, we have been working on a new project together. Oh wow! Um, but you know, with us running our business and then you know fitting in music is like still very difficult, you know, because of scheduling. Sam mm-hmm. has his own life with Yeji, his his wife, and mm-hmm. he is uh, very busy doing his own stuff and. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have been going to Sam's house often writing new songs. I think we have like five new songs that we've written that we haven't recorded yet. Um, and then one day sporadically, Jen was like, Hey, let's just record. Let's, I want you to make a beat. Let's write the lyrics. Mm -hmm. Let's record it and let's mix it and let's master it and let's just put it out and see what happens. So I said, okay, let's do it. Like, um, Jen and I have very different work ethic mm-hmm. um, principles and uh, I guess uh, like um, we just we're very different when it comes to our uh, creative process. Mm. Um, I'm a three wing four on the Enneagram. Okay. Jen is a six. So um, we're in like the we're in the triangle together, whatever that is, the three, six, nine triangle. Okay. But um I'm very, and I'm also an INTJ, so like, uh-huh. it's like a really weird, you know, 
cluster of like different personalities uh-huh. and I'm probably 60% introverted on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, and she's, her approach is like, uh, we don't have to fine tune the details. Like everything will be fine. And I'm I like, see. no, like we have to do everything exactly the way it's supposed to be done or else like we're, I'm going to live in this pool of regret. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, when we did like, so I made the, tr- I made the beat, I made the beat on a Sunday, mm-hmm. started making the beat on a Sunday. We got into a fight Sunday night. I was like, forget this. I'm going to bed Monday morning. Even though I had a lot of work I had to do for the business, mm-hmm. like I still couldn't keep my, I couldn't keep my mind off of wanting to finish this mm-hmm. and challenge myself. So, mm-hmm. Monday morning, I restarted trying to make a track for it. I found that guitar loop, mm-hmm. and then I just put drums over it. And then Jen was like, okay, I can, I like this. And then so she just started, like, singing along. And then she was like, well, what should the song be about? Mm-hmm. And um, I think uh, sus just came around because it's such, like, a buzzword right now. Like, everything's like so- sus. I'm probably just really out of the loop right. with the, com- the the vernacular or the slang these days. What does sus actually mean? Sus is like suspect, something that you are suspicious mm, oh, of. Okay, you know? now so it like, makes sense. I see. Yeah, so when um, something like somebody's acting suspicious or mm. you say like, ooh, like he's being sus. Right, right. Okay. So um, it, didn't re- it wasn't really inspired by anything. It mm. was just more like... Um, when I thought of it, it was like, oh, yeah, this is like a cool topic to write about that I see. pertains to our lives, mm. you know, and like, and so it just stuck around. And we, we both use the word sus a lot when mm. we're together. So like, we were like, oh, let's write a song about sus people. Oh. And then it was like, oh, okay, that might actually stick. Because when I first heard it, I actually, I was wondering if there was someone that was, was a topic or, or the mm-hmm. subject of the song like right. like some business deal went bad or like something happened where um it was like yeah you were directing like kind of anger toward this person for right. being shady uh, um we can that... talk about that after we get off <laughs> okay not on <laughs> not, not on the uh not on the live podcast gotcha. yeah that's there there there's subject matter that pertains to certain personalities in the music hmm. but we don't have to go into that right now. <laughs> okay okay yeah. but uh it's uh yeah yeah that was the inspiration behind that was just you know we just wanted to like you know i guess maybe it was something we just need to get off our chest i don't know mm. i just said let's just i just told her let's write about sus people mm. and then we so we wrote the song we recorded it on the monday I mixed it on the Tuesday. Mm-hmm. We sent it to mastering on the Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Got it back from mastering. It sounded like garbage. We got into a fight on Thursday. Mm. I took a break for two days from the song and then went back and mixed it again on a Sunday, I think. Mm-hmm. Resent it to mastering. So we had to pay for mastering twice. Okay. Because of my, we have to do everything according to, right. you know, very um, uh, military style of... <laughs> I guess it's the three inside of me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so, and then we sent it, resent it to mastering after I mixed it. And then that's the version that's now on Spotify. Oh, can I ask? So 
I'm, I, I'm, I just don't know anything about the subject, so right. this is going to seem like a very ignorant question. But right. what is the difference? Like, what is ma- mixing a song and mm-hmm. what is mastering a song? Let's see. Um, I'm trying to think of a really good parallel to think about. Mixing is like taking the ingredients that you need to bake a cake. Okay. Putting it all inside of the baking pan. Mm -hmm. Mastering is actually putting that baking pan Mm -hmm. of all the things that you mix together and putting it in the oven. I see. So Mm -hmm. mastering finalizes the overall product Mm. and makes it so that when you take it out, you can actually consume it. So like when you, if you just mix something, Mm -hmm. it might taste good. Mm -hmm. Like cake batter tastes delicious, but it's not going to be consumed the way that it is intended to be consumed. Pretty much mastering is making the song radio ready Mm. so that um, if you play a song, that's not mastered and it pops up on Spotify. And this happens to me a lot when I listen to like indie artists because Mm -hmm. they don't want to, they don't want to pay to master their music Mm -hmm. or they think that they can watch a YouTube video. And you know, um, I didn't, John wasn't mastered professionally. Rourke did mastering. It's a completely different standard of, um, operation Mm -hmm. and, um, sound design. Um, so yeah, it's, you like it pretty much is like if you hear a song that's like really loud Mm -hmm. and then you hear a song that's like really quiet like they didn't operate under the standard of what like the decibel the correct decibel reading should be when you play the song inside of your headphones or that's what mastering engineers do they make it so that it like follows the certain guideline of like you know and like makes everything in the song like more pronounced in that so like if it does ever play on the radio mm-hmm. or something then or it gets placed on a movie then you know that's like it'll be a good clean version of the audio file then is a dumb like a really dumbed down way of saying that can it be like matt mixing is when you put all the pieces together mm-hmm. and the song kind of sounds like what the song is going to sound like but mastering is where kind of the levels are like the volume levels are kind of, I would say putting the pieces together. Like, mm-hmm. so if we're going to use like the cake analogy, mm-hmm. right. Figuring out what sort of cake you want to make that's producing, that's like actually making the music. Mm. Um, and then when you mix it, that's like you actually creating all of the ingredients that you selected mm-hmm. and then you're making it into what will eventually turn into a piece of bread. I see. And then mastering would be the process of putting it into the oven, waiting for it, and then taking mm. it out and tasting it and being like, this is exactly the way that I wanted it to be with all the ingredients, everything with the production. Okay. Yeah, so um, mastering is just a, another fancy way of just making sure that everything that you do on the song is going to be played at the right decibel if it mm. goes on Spotify. I know? see. So um, is that is that very different from kind of the stuff that you do? Um, do, you, do you not like mastering your own stuff or is it? It's a completely different process. Okay. Yeah, because oh. like mixing what you do, you know, like when you 
you're in praise band so like you know when you're setting it up you yeah. used to be uh-uh. in praise band so like when you're setting up you know usually if like the sound engineer is like okay can i hear just the kick by itself mm-hmm. what they're doing is they're mixing the room mm-hmm. making sure that all the levels sound good mastering is you take everything a single file mm-hmm. wave file and then you send it to the mastering tech Oh. And they run it through hardware that has compressors, limiters, EQ, oh, wow. all okay. this stuff. And then they make the sound more enhanced. It's a completely different process. I see. Has, yeah, like mixing is like when you see all the faders and like you're controlling every aspect of the song. You know, So a good mix, if you send a good mix to mastering, then it'll just make the, ma- the mix sound even more phenomenal. Wow. But so like in the in the case of Sus, I sent a very bad mix and the mix the master did not turn out well. Mm. So the only way to redo it is you have to literally remix the song from the ground up again wow. and then send it to mastering. So we paid for it twice. <laughs> but I had to do it for my peace of mind. Yeah, and it sounds great. It's Thank a you. great song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we like the song too. Yeah. It's a good song. So is that gonna be kind of one of the songs in the bigger album that you guys are working on now or is it a standalone single i think it'll probably make the album i see yeah we have um we have like i think five other songs with sam right now Mm. um jen's also working on her solo Mm. project and i just got back from new york to work to work on my own rap album as well oh wow Mm. dang so a lot of things in the oven right now that's cooking Yeah, yeah 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 really excited this next album um I think I'm so far I've produced and made every beat and have written every lyric wow. so far. You just have to kind of record now and yeah. then do the I've, mixing and all that. I finished eight songs in New York. Wow, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I know uh, I don't want to. Do you have any dates in mind for, for these projects when you want to be done by, when you want to release, or is it kind of just up in the air? Hopefully before we all turn into celestial beings and get reunited <laughs> with our Lord and Savior one day. Yeah, but I, I'm hoping 2020. Okay. Yeah, I want to I wanna release the music soon. Uh-huh. But, you know, not really put so much pressure on myself. Right, yeah. Because yeah. I don't know. I, I After... After I, my, after my experience writing the verse for Broke mm. with Jen, um, you know, I real I learned then so much the importance of relying on God mm. to like help with things like you know, um, it opened my eyes to so much that I close off, mm. um, even like my dirty side, like the things that like. I feel shameful about Mm. in my own personality. Like, you know, um, there's so much that I realize that there's so much I can bring to God and lay at his feet because Mm. like he already knows all this stuff about me anyway. So why not have an open conversation Mm. and just be completely transparent about it and just be like, look, like this is what I'm dealing with. Mm. Like, you know, so I'm bringing this to you and like i know like this music stuff and the things that i talk about can be really selfish but like i don't know like how do you like how would you, how would how else would i curate my story in a song when like i'm pulling everything from things that i've experienced in my life you know like cuz like i can't i'm not the type of artist that's going to like have every song 
rap about the redemptive blood of Jesus Christ. Right, or right. Like, you know, like, cause like, that's not going to affect the young man that may pick up on my music that is struggling with drug addiction right, the same yeah. way that I have, or, um, the young man that has repeatedly gone down the wrong path of partying and, you know, or the young man or, or girl, I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, not to, you know, the young person that may hear my music and also, um, has, has had a parent that has died when they were younger, mm. you know? So like, um, I would love to, you know, be able to like every song that I create be like something that's like very so on the nose of praising Jesus. But I am a man of metaphors and I love to um, find, I love finding beauty between the lines that are written Mm. in our stories. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And if you only kind of show the side of yourself where, you know, you're, you're portraying your victories, but not any of your like, failures or losses yeah. then anyone who's trying to follow in your footsteps is gonna say hey well john went through all these victories and he, he never had a misstep right so what am i doing wrong that i'm like failing at every turn right so yeah, yeah it's I like think prosperity rap or something <laughs> yeah, I don't know. right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you got to show it off so that yeah people mm-hmm. yeah are, aren't disillusioned yeah yeah exactly i i like to talk about things that are dark mm-hmm. and like and I think that's also a, another reason why Jen and I have taken so long to making music because mm-hmm. Jen loves talking about things that aren't necessarily. I, but I also mm-hmm. believe that like she didn't have the same life experience. She was very straight edge growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, she has she definitely has had her own fair share of struggles mm-hmm. in her life. And I'm never going to discount that. And I respect her mm-hmm. for that and for surviving all of that. Mm-hmm. But um she gravitates towards the light, whereas me, I naturally gravitate more towards like the shadows and mm. the darkness of mm. things that exist. So your uh, solo rap album, is that kind of more exploring that dark part of you? Yeah. I see. Oh. Yeah, a lot of... Um, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm actually really... I'm really proud of this one mm. coming up. I love it. Mm. I love the music that I've made in New York when I was there. Um, I love the lyrics that are coming out of it. Mm. And I, ha- I, I rarely feel that way about anything that I create. Mm. I'm actually my worst critic. But uh. this time, like when I put out John, there was a side of me that was like, this doesn't feel like me all the way. Mm. Um, but I love the I love the project, mm-hmm. but like I felt like that it wasn't the truest depiction of who I am as a person. Whereas this next project coming up is literally every aspect of what you hear is going to be a reflection of what my soul feels like on the wow. inside. Wow! Can I can I ask you a, a insider's question on sure. the John EP? Right. There's a um, part where it's, it sounds like it's your wife's uh, voicemail that she left you. Right. Um, is that an actual voicemail or did you guys kind of record that to sound no, that like... was that was fake. <laughs> okay. No, because I, I was I always assume that it is. I'm like for yeah. like, when people do that kind of stuff. I think that's but... another reason why like that that project didn't feel genuine to me oh. as well. Like it was just I, I was trying to create um, this. Uh, universe Mm. inside of that project like if you listen to the album everything connects Mm. it's a story 
all the sound designing, me driving up to my job, Mm -hmm. walking out, rapping to myself as I'm walking through an office or an agency. Mm -hmm. Um, All of that was to depict the story of like where I was currently at Mm -hmm. in my life, like my state of mind. And shout out to Rourke. Like he did such an amazing job with all the production, but there was just something about that project to me that didn't really reflect what I was feeling, mm. truly feeling on the inside. I see. But I think this next project is, um, I think this next project's really going to describe a lot of wow. my personality. So what would you say has the best, uh, highest probably of being released first, um, of your solo album or, or the, the duo, the joint preferred um, by you and your wife? I don't know. Probably the Watts album. Okay. Yeah. So that's probably going to be number one. If we follow you on Instagram or something like that, can we be uh, up, kept up to date? About yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. Okay. At, at We Are The Songs. Mm. Yeah. And okay. then, yeah, that, that probably, we'll see once the holidays kick off. Mm. And then, yeah, we're also doing a podcast too. Yeah, So that's yeah. going to be, I think we're launching launching that on the second Tuesday of January. Is that going to be called We Are the Songs podcast? Or? It, that one's called Wattscast. Wattscast. Oh. Wattscast podcast. Yeah, that we're sounds... we're doing that with Kat Co. She's our assistant. Mm-hmm. She's a um, she's a music industry major at UGA. Okay, and she wants to become an entertainment lawyer. Oh wow! So wow. we uh, we brought her on as our assistant. And she's been she's been killing it with like scheduling people and doing stuff with that. And so, know. do you guys kind of have like a singular theme throughout, or like what kind of discussions do you guys have on that podcast? I would say so far it's um, what it means to be Asian American in the creative industry. Wow. I think that would be the underlying theme that talks about everything. Okay. So you said, is it second Tuesday of January? I believe so. Okay. Yeah. We're like 80% done with the rollout planning. So all I have to do is just, I have to, when I get home, actually, I got to create a logo. Okay. Yeah. For you do it all, don't you? (laughs) No. Well, Uh, I try to. uh It's just, I don't know. My philosophy with life when it comes to work is mm-hmm. um, have a great attitude and try to never say no to things. Mm. You know, that's gotten me into a lot of trouble. <laughs> but for the most part, like graphic design, I know a lot of graphic designers and the way that they approach their art is mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Like everything from spacing, typeface, you know, how things flow. Mm-hmm. the user experience behind what they design um all of that is stuff that i would like to continue to learn mm. um i see things very different cuz i don't i'm not really um disciplined in any standard when mm. it, i all, everything i do for a living is self-taught mm. i went to college for what you actually <laughs> do as as work supply chain supply chain wow and i don't remember anything from college (laughs) i got my degree and Mm -hmm. it's hanging up in my office (laughs) and one thing i will say that college taught me was it taught me how to grind Mm. and really 
it really taught me what it means to work really hard to get something that you want. And mm. for me, it was to get my degree, mm. you know, because it took me like it took me like eight years to finish college because mm. um, I made so many mistakes as when I was younger. Mm -hmm. But I don't regret any of it. Mm. Um, it's uh, made me who I am. And college was great. It was a good learning experience, but it wasn't a I remember certain things from like accounting class and um, I remember certain things from like my marketing classes, mm. um, you know, uh, but what I got my degree in, how I passed that capstone class at the end of business school, uh -huh. no idea. <laughs> I honest, it was honestly just the Lord mm. just saving me once again. So then um, if, if you were to talk to someone who like looks at your life and says, wow, I wish I could do something like that where, um, you know, using the passions that I have to like pretty much monetize and, and just chase passions consistently. Uh, what, what kind of advice would you give them? Okay. This is a hard question to answer. Okay. I mean, are, are there like little nuggets along the way you've learned where you like when you've experienced something, you say, man, I wish I knew this when I was mm -hmm. younger and it would have helped me out a lot. Anything like that? Um, if you're afraid of the sacrifice that it takes. OK. Let's start with the pessimistic, cynical side, mm. which is me being an a-hole. <laughs> Um, if you're not going to really be serious about it, then just stop doing it, get out of the way. So the people that really are serious about it can actually make a life doing it. Mm -hmm. Cause there's so much junk out there. It's, it's so saturated with like all this different, especially in the creative industry. Mm -hmm. Like if you really want it, then like really go for it mm -hmm. and really work hard for it. Mm -hmm. Sacrifice everything for it. Go into debt for it. Like open up credit cards for it. And like, lose friends and have and like strain your relationships with your parents for it mm. give up everything forego the bmw and drive that hyundai for 10 years for mm. it but if you if you're not willing to do that then just get out of the way and make room for the person that really deserves it mm. that's the cynical pessimistic <laughs> side uh -huh. of how i feel mm. um the more optimistic side is Understand budgeting. Mm. Learn about how you and your needs fit with the amount of income that you're required. Because being somebody that runs your own business does not mean that you're going to have this junky quality of life mm. and you're going to be eating cup ramen every day. That may be the case when you're first starting out mm -hmm. for a few months. Um, but that's not going to be forever. Mm. So like, just be honest with yourself. Like I love to, um, shop mm -hmm. and I love, uh, clothing. So I'm being, I be honest with myself and I, I set aside money so that I can afford these things that I like to have. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not buying like Louis Vuitton, but like, you know, I'll at least like if I ever go to Uniqlo when I'm in like LA or yeah. New York, like I know that I can ball out and it won't be a problem. <laughs> right. You know, or like if I 
find a piece of clothing that I love shoes. Like I can, you know, set some money aside mm-hmm. for that. I love gear, camera gear, audio gear, be honest about who you are as a person. And mm-hmm. like, you know, your quality of life should be the end goal of what you work towards mm. budgeting everything learn about how you spend money ways that you can save money mm. the best way to make money sometimes is to save it just like don't spend any of it why do you need to go out and get bubble tea with your friends that mm. night you can put that money towards something else like you know do you really need to drive that car like what's right. is could you like i'm 35 and i still drive a civic you mm. know like there's so many different ways that you can just like decrease the amount of money that because like financial stability is life like you need money to live right and that's the only way that you can actually grow something um Mm. master your arena in the name of christ if you believe that you are truly talented with something then Mm. you have to lay it all the way down at the feet of jesus and believe that he is going to bless you with this gift that he's given you wow um that's how it was for me for video production Mm. um when i first got my job at the agency he was he does a lot of like commercial and like you know nonprofit sector type of um content and i lied about everything when i when i first met him Mm. i told him that i knew how to do everything but i didn't Mm. and i had to i would act like i'm working at work Mm. and then i would take all my work home and go on youtube when i'm at home and teach myself how to do these things and then it's a really hard time in my life Mm. you know like sleepless nights Mm. um gaining a lot of weight from just eating junk food stress eating and stuff like that you know just um going crazy literally going Mm. crazy and i had just gotten married to jen Mm. um so like you know it was but that's kind of like the part of the sacrifice that you were talking about Mm -hmm. right and like knowing how to grind through yeah through all that i just wanted it so bad i wanted to do something with my creativity so badly that I, I, nothing stopped me from mm. wanting to achieve that level of having that level of skill set. I guess um, and then so. If you really, and I and like I would pray. I'd be stressed out. I'd pray to God, and I, He would give me strength, and He would push me through. And then now, six. It's only been six years, six years, no, six no. Yeah, six years. Mm-hmm. I've only been in this industry for six years, and like, I started as a peon, knowing nothing, mm-hmm. in 2013, and now I'm going on my third year running my own business. Yeah, wow, wow, that's so, that's inspirational. It's inspir, ins- sorry, it's insp- <laughs> it's inspirational to me because my wife is trying to start her, her own business, mm. and I think um, one of the parts she struggles with is kind of that self doubt um, thing, um, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I'm gonna get her to listen to this to to really understand laying down of um, yeah her skill sets to Christ and master know. your arena in the name of Christ. Yeah. Um, like you're not always gonna be the best person to do whatever it is that you want to do, mm-hmm. but the constant prayer is that you're gonna be proficient at your job, and God will give you that special thing that differentiates you from the other person Mm. that people will see and people will recognize and that's what you need to work towards and um understand it's honest and then a lot of um know thyself like know who you are if Mm. you're an artist and know what type of artist that you are and the things that you are capable of Mm -hmm. um 
you know, one of my good friends, she's a graphic designer in New York. Mm -hmm. She's she just recently quit her job and she is flourishing freelancing in New York City. Wow. And she does she recently told me that she has no idea or she has very limited knowledge in understanding Photoshop. Oh wow. And I was like, this is crazy. Hmm. Cuz you would automatically tie in like a very extended knowledge of Photoshop mm-hmm. if you are a graphic designer, but right. she says that she's she doesn't really know it that well. Hmm. And she does everything in other apps that like have nothing to do with Photoshop and that blew my mind. So like, <laughs> she has a very um unique set of skills that mm-hmm. she is leveraging for her for her future and as her as a part of her brand that makes her unique from everybody else. Mm-hmm. And I think that's amazing. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. Before before we wrap up, um, I would be remiss if I didn't mention uh, mm-hmm. your your wife's new song. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a Christmas ori- it's an original Christmas song mm-hmm. um, around the fire. Yeah. Um, did you did you have involvement in that or was that kind of a completely solo endeavor of her? That's all her and Sam. Oh wow! Wow. Yeah. Um, Jen, she she just I don't know. Her and Sam are just like. <laughs> amazing together Mm. you know because like um i'm not a i'm not a skilled like i only know how to read the treble clef because of trumpet (laughs) Uh you know what i mean Uh Uh so like that's the only scale i know how to read (laughs) and then the way i make music is um i'm a sample producer so i i what i would do when i was younger i was i would go to record shops Mm. find records like this kind of blue record here by miles davis like I'd, I'd go to like what was called the dollar bins and uh-huh. you'd find like junky old records that like nobody really wants. And then I'd literally find sounds, mm. load them into my beat machine and I would make beats using those sounds. The same style of how like Kanye was making music in his like first few albums. Hmm. It's a standard in hip hop uh, production culture that is still being used to this day. Right, a lot right. of people still sample. So that's how I made music and that's what I've been doing since I was like 18. Mm so um but sam is a he went to he got his degree in jazz oh wow so it's a perfect match Mm, mm. and um yeah they just do that song together jen's such a talented writer Mm. she um and she loves christmas Mm -hmm. and they did a christmas song i think two years ago um jolly without me okay that's a good song. That one's about our dogs. I remember. Um, yeah, yeah I, re- I remember. I saw you guys perform that somewhere once, mm-hmm. and it was weird because when she was perform right before she started to sing that, mm-hmm. she explained that it was about her dog. Yeah, I always thought it was about like you, like without no, you. <laughs> no, it was. It's about Toby because uh-huh. back this was back when we didn't have our second dog, so like uh-huh. we had. There'd always be a joke that like her and I would always be out shopping and doing fun things mm-hmm. and then Toby would be stuck at home by himself. <laughs> so jolly without me. Oh, wow. So, yeah. I mean, for 2020, it sounds like there's a lot for us to be looking forward to. I hope so. Um, there's, well, the, well, the Watts cast is, yes. Is that going to be like a weekly on Tuesday kind of release? I think schedule? bi-weekly right bi-weekly? now. Yeah. Okay. Or it might, well, it might be, um, once in a while. Okay. I think, I don't know. I, I the goal is bi-weekly, but depending on how crazy my work schedule is, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll be able to edit every episode. Mm-hmm. I think the one we did 
with like Andrew and Mimi ran like two and a half hours. Oh, so wow. I don't think anybody wants to hear me talk for that long, wow. to be honest. That's a, <laughs> that is a long time. No, that's, you know, that's kind of like uh, what it, podcasts are. The like, Joe Rogan style. Yeah, yeah. The long Three form. hours locked in talking yeah. about. Uh, how yeah. else do you get the real gritty, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Is that going to be released on all the the podcast platforms? I think so. They, yeah, Cat's okay. actually handling all of that. I'll I'll uh I'll send you all the information. When we okay. Get that. Yeah. Yeah. So look forward to that. Look forward to the unnamed solo rap project by Jules, Mister mm-hmm. Features of Vintage. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be a We Are the Songs uh, mm-hmm. album. And there's also going to be, you said your wife, Jennifer, is going to have a... She's working on a solo project, too. Wow. Yeah. I actually have a name for my album. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Can you reveal that to it's us? Called, it's going to be called The Best Story Never Told. Best Story Never Told. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's, wow. Yeah. I think I'm really excited for this one, actually. Yeah. Wow. Shout out to David, too. Okay. Um, doing great things. You know, f- episode 50. It's an yeah. honor. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I pray that as you continue to grow and find the things that you want to accomplish in your life, that you do it without fear Mm. and that sacrifice is a part of the game. And, Mm. you know, if you're Jen and I talk about this a lot, like every time that her and I have let go of something, Mm -hmm. God has blessed us with something even greater. Wow. That's like beyond anything that we could have even fathomed Mm. so like if it's financial stability that you're afraid of and this is this is not just to you but to like anybody that's listening then well then boo boo you don't deserve (laughs) you don't deserve to have the thing that you want because Mm. like you know there's it's risk is a prerequisite for passion yeah and if you're not willing to sacrifice that cushy monthly income that mm-hmm. you want then what i tell people young people that i see that selfishly want to pursue their passions but like i i can plainly see with my eyes with no judgment but like i just know like ah okay like they just love this stuff but like they're not really learning how to be a professional in mm-hmm. this area they're mm-hmm. not mastering it mm-hmm. and i i give them like the attitude talk i'm like Mm. hey man like maybe it's time that you just like change your attitude and learn how to be happy in the place that you're at right now and Mm. like because there's so much power in that too like when i was working at my agency when i was working at my job like there's so many days i'd be like oh my gosh i want to quit this place so bad but Mm. i would just pray and i'd just say to god like you know you've blessed me with this position like help me to honor this part Mm. of my life right now in this season Because if I just allow myself to pitfall into this bad attitude, then it's just going to destroy everything around me. It's going to it's going to spread like this parasite where I just turn into this negative person. So, like, I would pray and I'd say, God, just like give me grace and just help me to, you know. I I always say, like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much. You saved me from poverty, Lord. I don't know why you chose me, Father, but you saved me. You allowed me to live this life where I can have food on my table and a roof over my head. Mm. And if you have that perspective, then what is it really that you're complaining about? Right. Yeah. There are children dying from water Mm. in other countries. Like just pray and just 
lift your eyes up to Jesus and just say, thank you for saving me. You saved me from poverty, Lord. Mm. Like true poverty, like where conditions are hell, literal right. hell. Right. There are people that are living like that. And why, what, what makes us so different to have such privilege? Mm. We're on the third floor of your house, mm. bro. Like this would be like, a mansion in other world standards you know so like yeah. if you start thinking like that then like what's really stopping you from having a good attitude right about yeah. life you know so yeah. that's the message that i want to give wow but like if i'm gonna say this it's a it's a really it's a it's a cold world man so yeah. like any idea that you have like Get, if you're afraid of the work, mm. then that's you're already missing step one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man, that's such good advice. Thank you, yeah. thank you for that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, we're past the hour mark, and this is kind of usually where I ask uh, if there's anything that we didn't talk about that you wanted to talk about. Um, There's a lot to talk about, but yeah, yeah I think we're good. Okay. Well, I, you know, I wanted to thank you for coming. Um, I know, I know oh, you yeah. come from a Chambly far off from here. Um, no, yeah. yeah. I know mom, you're... Yeah, like my mom's house is <laughs> right up the street. <laughs> and then, yeah, I mean, we've been trying to plan this for a while. You were busy in, mm. in like New York and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, thank you so much for making the time to come Absolutely. out. Absolutely. It's always um, a pleasure. It's Yeah, it was such an honor having you on. Uh, oh the honors the honor is uh all mine yeah yeah appreciate it thank so, you so um yeah we'll be uh looking forward to all, all the projects you release in the upcoming year um mm -hmm. and guys for the listeners if, if any of the stuff that we talked about today resonated with you or, or you want to send us any feedback feel free to do so at ihthdpodcast at gmail.com or on instagram at i hope they hear this or on twitter at i hope they oh, no no it's ihthdpodcast and um i Again, this this is the second week running the cameras. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if uh, I'm I'm still learning and playing around with the video editing, a lot of kind of stuff. So I don't know if it'll actually if I'll make it or not. But um, mm. yeah, hopefully in the future I'll, I'll release the video version of this. Right. Um, and yeah, make sure to follow uh, John on mm -hmm. on all the social media platforms. Yeah, is it the futuristic vintage or futuristic? the futuristic vintage. the futuristic yeah. vintage at, uh, Instagram. There's mm -hmm. watts.media. Watts, W-A-T-S dot media. Mm -hmm. And then there's uh, at We Are The Songs. Mm. And then um, my wife at Jennifer J. Chung. Mm. And then, um, yeah. 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 Follow all them. And uh, mm -hmm. I'm sure through through those medium, you can be kept up to date on all, all the things that they'll, they'll be releasing in, in 2020. Thank you, David, so, for having me yeah, on. Appreciate thank you, it. Thank you for uh, coming on. And uh, yeah, in the future, uh, I hope uh, we can do this more often. Yeah, I'll yeah. have you on my podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah we, can talk about, <laughs> we can talk about your life. Yeah, awesome. Well, cool. well, thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye-bye.